0: sensed just a whole new level of love in this room. There's a whole new level of love in this room. And I don't know, just through the worship, through the praise, through everything um, throughout the first watch the second watch, I just felt this weight of love in this room. My um, brother Dan was just Affirming also that there's so much room, there's so much love in this room right now, and I don't know if you feel it, I want to tell you it's there, and just as we were singing, we are his, we are his, we can sing that we are his, we are his. Love. We are worthy of love. But the God who is above all things says that we are loved. We are loved. That just means we are loved. Every single person in this room is loved by the father and this love is not just a trickle of love it's not a love that's here today and gone tomorrow but it is a love that is steadfast it is a love that is unchanging it is a love that does not disappoint it is a love that is freeing it is a love that is perfect a love that is unconditional a love that will take more than eternity us to understand there's so much love in this room and I just feel like sometimes to some of us God may feel so far away and I'm telling you he's here he is very near near us He is. we are his dwelling place how much closer can we get God you know he lives and dwells in us he loves us so much that he lives with us whatever we do wherever we go he's so near to us he dwells in us he loves us so much I just feel like the Lord is saying that I've been seeing your devotion I've seen your devotion I've seen you as Mary's in this house in this hour pouring out devotion to the Lord I feel like he's saying I've seen your devotion I've seen your love for me and he's just saying right now you know what I recognize it I've seen it my eyes have been fixed on you this whole time and you know what I want to tell you that I love you even more than how the, the, the measure of love that you have shown me and I just feel like I feel like we should just pray for everyone. Is that fine? Is that cool? Is that cool? Okay. Um. How are we gonna do this? Okay. Um. So how many people are here in the 34. Alright, there's there are 34 people in this room. Um you know what? Let me do this. Okay. Um let let us get all the, the the sisters in the middle, join hands, the sisters in the middle, and I think you're going to have to make a really tight circle, because I think what we're going to do is we're going to get the brothers to sort of circle around you guys, so uh, girls get really close, girls get close, come on, move, move, move. I want, seriously, I want you guys to get really tight, really tight. Um, Yeah, okay. So um, I feel like, you know, um, the Father's love for us is like this. It's overwhelming. It's so close. It's so cuddly, you know? It's so, it just, it wraps around us, you know? That's what his love is like. I just want right now for our brothers just to release love upon our sisters. Just to release love upon them. Love is in this room. Let's just pray that the love of God may touch our. will become It's actually um, just this jar of oil being cracked open right in the center of that circle. I feel like there's this fragrance, this expensive oil that is being poured upon our sisters right now. I just feel like God's saying, you know what, I accept your devotion, I receive your devotion, and you know what, now I put the fragrance of Christ on you. I mark you, you are mine. And I just feel that there's just this, this amazing, just this devotion coming from the Lord upon his daughters right now. I just feel this, this, this just pouring out of oil upon your heads, upon you, sisters. Um, because you're Father God, I thank you so much. For God, for your presence upon our sisters. That Lord, that you have loved them first, our God. That Lord, you are always our God. You're always turned towards them, Lord. Your affections are always towards them. That Lord God, you are always a passionate lover for these sisters, our God. Lord, I thank you so much that, Lord, you're bringing these sisters into a whole new level of love, a whole new level of love with the bridegroom. And that, Lord, in this season, indeed, Lord God, that, Lord, you are bringing them, Lord God, into a fuller identity as the bride of Christ, as one who is beautiful, as one who is accepted, as one who is mighty, as one who is set apart, as one who is spotless who is without blemish as one who will be united with her lover and so Lord I thank you so much that Lord you are just releasing love in this room right now upon these sisters release even more Lord God throughout the whole evening Lord bless these sisters in Jesus name now um, I like all the brothers good hug <laughs> uh, group hug Um, Now I'd like all the brothers to actually join hands and stand in the circle. I I want our sisters to um, circle them. One thing that I want to really share and I want us to really get in our spirit is that these brothers, these brothers are chosen to be the heads of their households. When they marry off, they're going to become the head, the leader of their household. And amen, amen. And they are called to be a representation of the Father in heaven to their children, their children's children, these brothers that we're we're encircling right now, um, you know, they are going to be fathers. They already are in a lot of sense right now. They're spiritual fathers right now. Um, And I I just want us to bless them with the Father's heart right now. I I want us to bless them uh, with a greater uh, understanding, a greater uh, measure of the Father's love for them, that they would take from that and from the overflow of a receiving the Father's love that they may love as fathers. And so let's let's just bless these brothers. Let's just release uh, love. Let's release, uh, I guess, leadership. Strong, um, I guess, sense of the Father's heart over these brothers let's pray for them brothers right now is actually a white picket fence and it's a good fence it's like almost like the glory of god has surrounded you brothers and you know how when you enter into like you know the ideal home the home sweet home you go through the picket fence and once you're in once you take that first step into the lawn within the picket fence you feel at home you feel safe, you feel comfortable, you feel at peace, you feel at rest. There's that home, sweet, home feeling that you get once you enter into that gate. And I feel like God is, is really surrounding you with his wall of fire, with his wall of glory, with his love. And then everyone who comes to you guys they're really gonna feel at peace, at rest, they're gonna feel that home, sweet, home love of the Father from you guys. And um, yeah, because God loves you guys so much he loves you so much Lord, I thank you so much for each and every one of these brothers, Lord God. I thank you for surrounding them with so many sisters here tonight to bless them, Lord God. I thank you so much, Lord God, that you are releasing so much love over these brothers, that you are affirming them, and you are telling them that they are secure in your love. And others, Lord God, will come to them, and because they're so secure in your love, Lord God, there will be an overflow of that security, of that of that love, Lord God. And others will take and see the love of God through these brothers Father God I thank you so much that there's going to be overflow there's going to be an abundance of love for God flowing into their hearts their minds their, their words or God their thoughts or God and that Lord you are bringing them closer and closer and closer into the very heart of the Father and you are bringing them into exact alignment with your heart Lord I thank you for these brothers thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your love. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, if everyone can take their seats. How is everyone feeling? Tired off. Okay, um, well, it's 5 o'clock, and um, it's time to wake up. And yeah, wow, you guys look pretty wide awake right now, actually. Praise God. Praise God. Um, oh, wait, you, you took my notes. Um, I actually wasn't going to prepare a full sermon and then it, it just started writing and so i have a full sermon but i promised to make it short but very i guess i will just pray for it the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be released um yeah so there are only three more days left in the fast three more days while wow, you guys are so silent right now so there are only three more days left yeah ah. <laughs> I don't know how many of you, um, how many of you actually um, heard Pastor John's sermon on uh, window of opportunity? All right. Okay, so there was this one statement he made that just really like just stuck with me. And he said, fasting increases our capacity to receive from God. And it just seems like, oh, yeah, that's that's a pretty good statement. But I was just wondering why it stuck with me so so. Deeply, Um, But for the past 18 days, we've been increasing our capacity to receive from God. And we're excited, right? We're excited. We're excited not because the fast is coming to an end, but we're excited because the day that we begin to receive from the Lord is coming real soon. That's why we're excited. Amen? So, I don't know about you, but... I mean, I've been away for the past, I think, 10 days. And so um, I've been eating um, back home. I was in Vancouver, and I missed out on um, the glorious fast. Um, And I have like five days now. I had five days left um, to get back on the, on the, on the wagon with you guys to fast. And I'm thinking, oh, I only have three more days to fast. And I'm like, Lord, enlarge my capacity. Enlarge me. Cause I was like, Oh my goodness. I've been away for 10 days, but I'm really excited. And I, and I just feel like God really wants us, even if it's just three more days, I feel like God really wants us to, to recommit our hearts and our minds and our attitudes to this fast because This fast, what it's doing, it's increasing our capacity to receive from God. And God called this fast, right? He called this fast because he already had in mind all the amazing things that he wanted to give to us. That's why he called this fast. And it says in um, Joshua 3, 5, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so God called us to consecrate ourselves. He called us to this fast because tomorrow, I don't know whether it's Niagara, missions, whatnot, tomorrow, God is going to do great and mighty wonders among us. And we're going to witness this. We're going to witness it. And so that's why I'm really excited. And um, I'm, I'm... supposed to be jet lag but i'm very awake right now so praise the lord um i just have a few questions to ask you guys what have you been making room for what have you been making room for we've been enlarging our capacity to receive from the lord my question is what have you been making room for it might be greater intimacy with the lord right um greater I guess, peace, joy, rest, maybe even breakthrough in finance, maybe salvation for our family members. It can be discernment. It could be the unlocking of spiritual gifts. Amen? Yes. Amen? Yes. And then I have another question for you. So what wonders do you expect to see the Lord do among us after this fast? What wonders? Maybe it's more healings physical healings, deliverance, perhaps even the raising of the dead. Amen? Amen. We're about to see the wonders of the Lord being performed among us. We're about to see this. We've been hearing about these different ministries. We've been hearing about the ministry of Todd White. We're, We're hearing about all these amazing things that the Lord is doing through his servants in this hour. We're hearing, but now the Lord is saying... He's going to do these things among us. We're going to see. We're going to witness these things. Amen? Amen. So I'm really excited. Okay. So um, what I sort of wanted to share with you is the reason why I found this sentence, the statement that fasting increases our capacity to receive from the Lord, the reason why I found it so profound was, one, I thought, okay, to receive from God. What what's first and foremost? It's God, right? We are expecting to receive more of God. When we receive more of God, because he is holy, because he is glorious, receiving God also means we're receiving more of his glory. Amen. And you know, when we see when when the presence of God is somewhere, when the glory of God appears, the manifestations of glory, all the 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 things of god start to happen and appear before us right and what was so profound for me was you know we we are called temples of the living god we are god's dwelling place and we house the very presence and the very glory of god and after this fast we're going to see that glory that is within us increase and we're going to see breakthrough in our personal lives but To take it another step, what was so profound was, you know what? It says in Psalm 23 that my cup overflows. Amen? We can expect to receive a greater presence of God's glory in our lives. Yes, yet the Bible says that not even, not even the heavens can contain the glory of the Lord. And therefore, this greater increase of glory in our lives cannot and should not be contained within us but it must shine forth it must overflow and his glory must appear over his people as it says in Isaiah 60 chapter 2 and we are about to see great amazing wonders among us and the glory that God is making room for in us will overflow in the form of greater anointing to heal to preach, to perform signs and wonders, to bro- uh, bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And I just feel like there's a glory of God. There's a presence of God in me right now. And I'm called to preach right now in this hour. But I'm thinking, you know what? There's going to be an even greater glory. And there's going to be like mad, mad, like revelations and, and mysteries that are revealed when we, when I preach the next time perhaps, right? And I'm getting really excited. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Anyways... <laughs> So our God takes us from glory to glory, right? And the glory of the latter house will be, it will be greater than the former. And whatever manifestation of God's glory we've seen thus far, whether it's signs, healings, work of deliverance, favor, breakthrough, um, in our ministry here at New Philly, in our homes, our families, our workplaces, even on missions, all of these manifestations of God's glory, they're going to increase they're going to increase. And, it's, and what we've seen thus far is nothing compared to the glory that we're about to see tomorrow. And the wonders of the Lord that he will perform among us is just going to be so mind-boggling. It's just going to blow us away. And the wonders of the Lord at work, at school, at Niagara Conference, in this nation, in North Korea, all these things, it's just all going to come to pass, right? Right? And I'd like to share just briefly just a vision that I had um, at the end of May going into the fast. And um, I saw it's, uh, what do you call it? You know how um, skaters, they have those half pikes? Okay, they have these half pikes, right? And they sort of like, you know, go from one side to the next, and they build up momentum, and then they do these flips in the air, and they land again, and they build up momentum again, and then they do these flips again, and, and whatnot, right? And... I was thinking, that's so out of the blue, you know? And I felt like the Lord, um, through this fast, he's been removing um, and smoothing out all the things that are in our lives and our ministries that cause friction, that cause delay, that cause uh, a hindrance to the move of God in this hour. And he's building up momentum for a greater glory. And what I felt he was saying uh, was, he's removing the distractions of his people, our thoughts, um, our attitudes, our heart matters, our fleshly ways, all these things that might cause friction and slow us down. Um, and he wants our utmost attention right now. And the reason why he's doing this is because he's about to bring us into a place where we begin to defy the laws of nature and tap in to the laws of the supernatural. And you know how a skater will build up momentum and then go against the the... The laws of gravity, and then eventually he'll fall, you know. But in this vision, I just felt—I just saw this skater just going around and around and around and around in a in a circle, and he just never slowed down. He just got faster and faster and faster and faster, and you know we're gonna start seeing um, us move in the supernatural, and yeah, and and all the things that are in in according. According to the laws of nature that the world says is impossible, we're going to start making them possible. The Lord is going to make them possible in this hour. Um, And even when it comes to the five healings that we've been contending for as a church, I feel like God is saying, you know what, I am going to increase my glory, and you are going to see an increase of my glory, and we are going to see uh, just an answer to our prayers. And we're going to see a manifestation of Joel two twenty eight come to pass at Niagara. We're going to see the spirit of the Lord just fall on flesh. And we're going to see just the light of God's glory invade this nation and then all the way up north as well. Amen. So there are only three more days left. Three more days to increase our capacity to receive, but also, as I was sharing, there's an overflow of his glory, right? It cannot be contained. And what we're going to see is we're going to see an increase in the capacity to receive the glory of God, but also to release the glory of God. And um, I feel like right now the message that the Lord has put on my heart is, is faithfulness. And um, Stephen had mentioned this earlier too. Um, but God is really looking for men and women who will be faithful, who will be good stewards of what He releases. You know, and um, the, mess- the, the passage that we're going to turn to is actually Matthew 25, verses 14 to 29. And I know many of us are already familiar with this uh, parable. It's a parable of the talents, uh, and it teaches about um, how God is calling us to be good stewards of skills, of talents, of money, um, because all these things um, have been entrusted to us by the Lord. And um, before we go into the passage, um, I just want to—I just want us to keep in mind uh, what um, I feel. Um, like the talents um, referred to right now in this hour, and a lot of times we might think about you know skills, you know brains, and um, maybe even money um, when we think about good stewardship. But I feel like God is also saying, you know what? Revelations are not earned. Revelations are a gift from God, and He's calling us to be good stewards of every revelation from the Lord. And so, all you, all of you guys out there who have these dreams, you know. And you sort of pass them off as being, oh, it's probably nothing. It's probably Kekum or something like that, right? I want to encourage you, you know, to write them down and to ask the Lord, you know, if if there is a prophetic message in these dreams. We need to be faithful with what he gives. If he gives us dreams, if he gives us revelations, if he gives us words, if he gives us um, certain, I guess, uh, just and whatnot, we need to be faithful to follow through with those things. Those are all talents from the Lord, and they are to the glory of God. And um, so, yeah, and even like, you know, our weapons of warfare, prayer is a gift from God. And so we really need to uh, be active in in being good stewards of these things. And so um, let's read together. It's a pretty long passage, but we'll all read it together. On the count of three: one, two, three. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours." But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant! You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have in abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Amen. So, um, is everyone with me? All right, good. So, the first thing I'd like to talk about is how God is calling us to be faithful now. So, there's a master who distributes Um, to his three slaves, his talents, according to his ability. To one he gives five talents, to another three, and to another one. And if we look at verses 16 to 18, it says, He who had received the five talents went at once. Everyone say, at once. At once. And traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So let's look at the response of the servants with the five talents and the two talents. And the thing is, the reason why I I, I got you guys to um, repeat at once is their response was immediate. They didn't stop to think, how many talents have I been given what can I do with this? What, what should I do with this? What, their immediate response was to go out and do business, to do trade. They went out at once to do business, making room for the potential and the possibility to make a profit, right? But on the other hand, you have this other slave or a servant who has been given one talent. And his response is he dug a hole, basically, and he hid the talent, And by him hiding the talent he kills all possibility all hope and all expectation to to have a return of profits right and many times i believe we find ourselves sort of rationalizing and and making excuses for why we we might not step up right now Uh, we we might receive a word of knowledge from the lord but we hesitate we think what if i'm off is this you god Am I hearing from the Lord? Am I discerning? Oh, and then we go to other people. Oh, this is what I got. What do you think about it? And we just hesitate so much where God is saying, you know what? Take this revelation at once and share it so that someone might be edified, that there may be fruit, that there may be increase as a result of this revelation, as a result of this talent that I have given you. And uh, we might meet someone maybe with a skin disease, and instead of using the anointing to heal, we've all received this healing anointing to some measure. And we look at this person, and then we refer them to pastor Christian. You know? And then we see someone who really needs healing and deliverance, and the Holy Spirit is flowing, and the, the Spirit is just flowing, the anointing is flowing, and you feel like you really are called right now to do something, to minister, to rise up as a minister, And yet we're like, oh, let me refer you to John Michael. Let me refer you to someone. They are, you know, um, leading the healing and deliverance ministry at New Philly. And we start, you know, backing out. We're stepping down from these possibilities to see increase. Where he's, God is not looking at how many talents we have. He's just saying, look, I've given you something. And I want you to go out now. And I'm going to give you that. Uh, return, that profit. Um, When we, basically, when we pass up on these opportunities to be faithful um, with the gifts and the revelations that the Lord has given us, we're acting, we're responding just like the servants with the one talent. And what we're basically doing is we're taking this, this potential of greater glory, we're keeping it to ourselves, we're hiding it, we're putting a bowl over the light of God's glory. And that is snuffing out the hope of increase and the hope of fruit and the hope of profit in the kingdom of God. So, um, yeah. So we are anointed, amen? We are appointed, amen? We are set apart. We are sons of God in whose hands are the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, amen? Amen. We are all ministers of God, amen? We are all called to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons, amen? amen? But to know these things is one thing, and it's just not enough. It's not enough just to know these things. God is calling us to a life of faithfulness. He's not, He wants us to step out in faith. He's calling us to a life uh, where we will step out in faith at once with however many talents we've been given expecting increase and we've all been given x amount of talents and god is calling us to faithfulness right now now before the increase, before the multiplication, before the profit, before the outpour, before the overflow, God is calling us now to faithfulness. And, and you know what? God has released so many talents upon this house, upon each and every one of you. And you know, we already have enough to go out and walk in faith and and uh, really uh, make an opportunity to see greater increase of God's glory. Amen? Um, And so the servants with five talents and the two talents, both of them, took their talents and traded. They did business. And we all know that doing business is really risky. But no one sets up a business and no one runs a business expecting to lose and expecting to just break even. Amen? And you know what? You do business expecting profit. And sometimes stepping out with your giftings can be risky. You know, uh, you might think, okay, uh, I command you leg to be, uh, to, to grow out in Jesus name. And you have so much faith and you open your eyes and this man is still standing there with one leg that's shorter and you're feeling really like bad one and you're feeling, you're questioning, oh my goodness, do I have the anointing to do this? Do I have enough talents to do this? And we start thinking, oh my goodness. you feel this rejection upon you and because of that there's such a fear of that that what if nothing happens we just fail to go out you know but you know businessmen don't step down from opportunities to make a profit because they just might not make a profit right it can be a little risky but you know we are not called to wait around for heaven amen we are not called to wait until we are all super Christians and super anointed and super this and that to go out um, and walk as faithful servants, as faithful stewards. We are called to pull down the kingdom realities and make them realities here on earth. And we pray, this is a prayer we pray all the time at New Filling, it is to... Uh, to have his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven right and in the same way we can't wait around for opportunities to be faithful we need to go out at once with our giftings with what we've been given and actively openly search for opportunities to be faithful you know business doesn't just come to you When you're first starting up, you need to go out, you need to promote, you need to, you know, advertise and do all these things, right? In that way, you know, at first you might not get this instant return, this instant profit, but, you know, you need to make that step first, you know? And so that's what God is calling us to right now. And um, we can't, in that way, we can't wait for those who need healing and deliverance to come to us. We can't wait for those people in the dark to come to the light. Light needs to go into the darkness. Amen? Light needs to go out to where the sick are. We need to go out um, actively to Severance Hospital. If, we're, if our heart is really seeking to see greater anointing and healing, You know, we need to take that step to actively find those opportunities to release that faithfulness you know so we need to go out um, into the streets of itaewon and i'm so happy i was at first a little intimidated but i'm really happy now that you know new philly leadership uh is required to go out into the streets of itaewon at least once a month to evangelize to pray to prophesy and you know what that I think is so amazing. I think that's the grace of God that he's allowed that move in this church, this that call on this church, so that we may walk in faithfulness. Because you know what? God wants us to be faithful because he wants us to increase. Amen? Um, I'll keep it really short. Uh, God rewards faithfulness with his faithfulness, with increase. And um, in verses 19 to 23, uh, we see that... Um, the the servants with the five talents and the two talents they go out and they bring in a prophet the five um the one with the five talents brings in five talents and the one with the two talents brings in two talents and um both of them chose the way of faithfulness faithfulness and they went out at once and uh when they exercised faithfulness with with what they've been given They were met with increase. And so when we are faithful with the things that God has given us, God rewards us with his faithfulness to his promise that he will increase us, that he will bless us, that he will prosper us in all that we do. And so when we are faithful today with what we've been given, which might in our mind seem little, you know, God will set us over much more anointing, much more, more revelations much more to be stewards of tomorrow and in god the risk factor it really does not lead to loss exercising faithfulness in light of the risks leads to increase in the lord and yes it may be intimidating to step up you may face the risk of rejection or looking like a fool in front of someone Uh, but you know what today you might be praying for someone with a broken leg and you open up your eyes and it might seem like nothing happened You get that blanks there. But, you know, that's today. But tomorrow, as you continue to walk in that faithfulness, tomorrow you're going to see, you're going to open up your eyes and you're going to see this man jumping up and down because the Lord has healed him. Amen. Man, that's the sort of greater glory that's coming our way right now through this fast. Um, and if you look at verse 23, it says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Into the joy of your master. Everyone say joy of the master. Joy of the master. So we see here that it, um, it gives God great pleasure one, to see his people being faithful over a little. And then two, it gives him great pleasure to set his people over much. God is waiting to bless his people with more. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God really, really, really wants to increase us? He really wants us to receive more from him. And we all really 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 want from god but he really, really 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 wants to give us more you know and he's looking for faithfulness right now in this hour because it gives him great pleasure to give us more and um next let's look at verses 24 to 28 um, the servant who was given one talent dug and hid the talent and why do you think he did this It says, well, he didn't really know his master. He says, well, I thought you were like this. I thought you were a very hard man, you know. Um, But what he, maybe there was a little bit of fear. Maybe because he thought, uh, my master is, I I think he's a hard man to please maybe. Um, What if I mess up? What if I lose this one talent that I've been given? What if? And so out of fear maybe perhaps, he just hides it away. And does nothing about it, right? Um, But what the servant doesn't know, but what we know, is that our master, that God, he rewards faithfulness with increase. The master in this case wasn't angry with the servant because he didn't... um, Well, he was angry because he didn't even try, right? Um, The master wasn't caught up um, with how much his servants made. His response to the servant who made five talents and to the one that made two talents was exactly the same. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. It was the same exact response that he gave to the one who made five and the one who made two. Um, And so in that way, uh, what we learn from this is that, you know, it doesn't matter how much you have and how much you make. God is looking for that faithfulness. And when we are faithful, He is faithful to increase us. And so, um, what I want us to focus on right now is um, the enter into the joy of your master part. I want us to know that it is in God's great pleasure to see His people increase. And one thing that Beth Moore said in the Esther Bible study was it was so simple, it's so profound he said she said um you know god is great amen god is mighty god is awesome and then he said but you know what the people of god are awesome too the people of god are mighty because we belong to the lord and so many times we sort of disqualify ourselves and so many times we sort of like look down upon ourselves And we just, we're always like this, God is this far away being that's so amazing, yet he says, you are seated in the heavenlies with him, you know? And so he has exalted us to where he is, you know? And so I want us to know that it is in God's great pleasure to see us flourish, to see us bear fruit, to see us increase, because that is the very nature and the character and the the results of God's hands. Um... Still, I'm almost done. Still, yeah. Um, Some of us might think, you know, well, I'm not Pastor Christian. I'm not JM. I'm not Todd White. I'm not Kim Walker. I'm not Patricia King. Um, There's this temptation that's always there to buy into the lie that you're not as anointed, you're not as gifted, uh, that maybe you only have two talents, whereas the sister over there, you see they've got ten talents already you know you sort of um disqualify yourselves but we need to understand that our level of faithfulness should always be at full force regardless of how many talents you begin with and the master's praise and invitation into his glory was extended to these two servants regardless of how much they made and some people because of the nature of god's calling on their life may begin with more talents You know, but that doesn't mean that God won't praise you, that he he will praise you any less than that person. You know, and so don't disqualify yourselves from walking out in faith and setting yourself up for increase. And so let's take a look, a brief look at verses 28 to 29. It says, and I'm going to end with this. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So God is looking for faithfulness. God doesn't need our service. He doesn't need us to step out. uh, But he won't wait. He wants us to be faithful, but he won't wait around for us to step out in faith. He won't wait around for us to bring down the kingdom of heaven. You know, some of those times where where, um, you hear that still small voice of the Lord. And, and he's just saying, go pray for that sister. And your heart starts pumping and running and you get all nervous and you're like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. And you know that's from the Lord, but you, get just, you just get so scared, you know. But it's for that time. When God gives us revelations, There is, there are deadlines to a lot of these things. You know, there are those situations when we do walk out of faith. God gives us a word and we... And we're just obedient. We're faithful. And we go up to this sister and say, hey, this is, you know, I don't know if this rings true in you right now, but uh, this is what I got from the Lord. And this person just says, that was exactly what I needed to hear. That was exactly what I needed to hear. But if we don't step out, then that person's not going to be in that situation to hear that forever. You know, God's not going to wait for us to speak into that person's life. If we don't step out, God's going to send someone else to speak into their lives. But the thing is, we miss out. We miss out on the increase in glory. We miss out on the profits. We miss out on the increase. And that's no fun, you know. And um, even testimonies, even testimonies are talents. They do not belong to us. They are of the Lord and they are for the Lord. And, you know, it says in the Word that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And so when we share our testimony... You're, you're making room, you're, you're making a prophetic act for that testimony to be released into other people's lives as well. You know, some people will be moved and touched by these testimonies and they will go on to allow the Lord to write their own testimonies too. You know, and so in this way, when we withhold these revelations, when we withhold these testimonies, when we withhold and, and sort of hide our talents... You know, we're not going to see increase. Um, and in this verse it says, When we do prove faithfulness, the Lord rewards us with abundance. So God is calling us to faithfulness in this hour, to show our faith, to walk out our faith at once, right now, before the increase, before the overflow, before the multiplication, before the outpour. We can't be fixed on how little we have right now. We can't despise the small beginnings. We just need to continue to be faithful. Whatever small beginnings are are brought into your life, they belong to the Lord. Small or large, they are the Lord's beginnings. And we need to step out in faith right now before we see the increase. Because when we do, we know that God will be faithful to increase and to bring the increase. And you know what? honestly we really we i love new philly being away from new philly the past i think almost two weeks it's just i I missed you guys i missed new philly you know and i've the lord has done so much for me and in me and through me through this ministry and yet I, i just i just know i've seen nothing yet we really haven't seen anything yet And right now, like after this fast, God is really going to bring us into a greater glory. And it's going to come more and more. This glory is going to appear more and more upon his people as we step out in faith. And so I just want to encourage us to really be good stewards of God's talents. That one day, not just one day, but today, today, that we will hear these words from the Lord. Well done. Good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Amen? Amen. Let's um, take this time. Wow, it's already 540. Um, Let's take this time to just um, sort of recommit to the lord and just really recommit our faithfulness our commitment to faithfulness to the lord and you know i want us if we haven't already done so um, pastor marcus had preached you know you got to know what you want and you got to know where you you, you're going to get it you know and we all know that we will get it from the lord through prayer through persistent prayer but we need to know what we want Right, And so I want us to take this time to to bring before the Lord the things that you expect to see, the increase that you expect to see, the wonders that you want to see the Lord do among us tomorrow. I want us to bring that before the Lord and say, Lord, I pray that you would increase my capacity to, to receive your glory and to release your glory. And as you do so, I want us all to recommit to faithfulness to a walk, to a lifestyle. It's not just for now and this fast, but God is calling us to a lifelong journey of faithfulness because God takes us from glory to glory. And you know what? We might think that we've tasted a great amount of glory right now, but you know what? Tomorrow, there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow, and there's always a greater glory. And so God is really calling us to a lifelong journey of faithfulness. And so let's take this time to really recommit to the Lord and say, Lord, I'll be faithful. It might be a little scared at times, but you know what? I'm going to be obedient as Jesus was obedient to the point of death. Even, no, it it won't bother me. It won't kill me to face rejection. It won't kill me to face my fears. It won't kill me to appear like a fool. It won't kill me. And even if it does, you know, I'm going to take that step of faith because it brings joy. Very great pleasure to the Lord. And so let's take this time um, to just pray that over ourselves and recommit to the Lord. Stand up, actually, um, I just have something that sort of completely changed the way I pray, and I want to share this with you. And I just pray right now that this that the Lord would quicken our spirits to receive this. And I, I just pray that uh, this revelation would bring a breakthrough into your prayer lives and how you steward the gift of prayer in this hour. Um Colossians two fifteen says, and there's a reason why I want you guys to stand up. Um Colossians two fifteen says God he disarmed, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. And the demonic powers and the principalities were stripped of their power at the cross. But you know what? It doesn't mean that the enemy won't try to exercise that power. You know, and I love this verse. Psalm 72.9 says, May the enemy lick the dust. When I read, when I read that, I was just like, oh. I imagine the enemy bending down and licking the dust bending down meaning he's not on his legs he's not on his feet he's not in a place of authority of of power of rule but he's on his knees he's licking the dust because you know what the lord god almighty is above him christ he is above all he's been given the name that is above all names and christ is above him it says in malachi 4 3 you shall tread you us we will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. And it says, This is the part where I was just so just mind-boggled. Ephesians 1 22. And he, God, he put all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church. And, you know, we know that the enemy will be made a footstool for Jesus. Amen? And that's the vision that I got going to this fast. Another one is where I saw the feet of Jesus. He was, he was on his throne, but I saw his feet. But his feet were so mighty. Just looking at his feet, I just felt like, it's so mighty. And as I was praying into it, the Lord was just saying, yes, my feet are mighty. My feet are mighty. You know what? Every demonic power and principality is beneath my feet. My feet are mighty. And I was just so moved by that. But here in this verse, it says that Jesus was set up as a head over all things to the church. And we are called the body of Christ. Amen. And if he is the head of the church and him being the head of the church and him um, who's the enemies under his feet, you know, and us being the body, that means the enemy does not belong in the body of Christ at all. The enemy belongs under the souls, the feet of the church. But that's not what we're seeing right now in this hour. We see sickness. We see poverty. We see lust. We see idolatry. We see um, pride. We see all these things that do not belong in the body of Christ. And you know what? It's about time the church rises up right now and makes the enemy a footstool for our Lord and Savior Jesus, for our King, for the one whose name is above all names. And you know what? Another thing is us being the body of Christ. We are seated in the heavens with Him. Meaning, if we are seated with him, and the enemy is like a footstool for him. The enemy belongs under our souls, the souls of our feet. Amen. And and so I feel like right now um, there's a lot of things that I feel like we need to pray for. But one, we'll start with one um, tomorrow. So today, tonight, uh, tonight. Yes, tonight. Um, in like. Thirteen hours. Um, We're going to have the joint prayer movement meeting, and um, earlier, I think it was the first watch. I had a vision when we were praying for the joint prayer movement. I had a vision of of uh, of a gathering of people, Um, and there was a net that was sort of draped over the the center, over, over the circle of people that were in the center. There was this net that was draped over them. And this net was not from God. It was not of God. It was an assignment from the enemy against the move of God, against God's people in this hour. And that net, it's a net of safety. It's a net of comfort. And that net is disallowing these people from coming and praying into the kingdom of God, into the manifestation of God's glory and His will for this nation in this hour. And I want us right now to really you know, we we know that this net this net of comfort, of false comfort this does not belong on the body of Christ right now. God really He is calling all of us, not just New Philly, but he's calling all of us, the saints, to take part in his movement right now. And we know, we all know that the joint prayer movement, as this increases, there's going to be more people who sign up for the Niagara Conference. And you know what? We don't want just a lot of people. The reason why we're praying for numbers is because we know that the glory of God is going to fall. We know that there's going to be a great outpour. And the more people that receive of this outpour, there's going to be a greater overflow from those Uh, Lies from the, the act of faithfulness that comes forth from each person who receives from the Lord. And that's why we need to pray into the joint prayer movement also. It's not just about the numbers. It's not just about the attendance. It's about increasing. It's about increasing the glory of god the manifestation of god's glory here in south and north korea and so let's right now just really um as we're on our feet let's remember that the enemy does not belong in the body of christ the tactics the strategies the assignments of the enemy have no place in the body of Christ. Where they belong is right here under our feet. And so right now let's just pray in confidence knowing that, you know, the Lord says we will trample on serpents and scorpions. And you know what? Nothing shall hurt us. Nothing shall hurt us. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear warfare. We don't have to fear these assignments of the enemy. But we're coming forth with all power over the enemy because we are the body of Christ. And so right now, let's just pray into the joint prayer movement right now. Let's pray.
1: Hallelujah, lift higher, God's See his glory, see His glory.
0: home i was just briefly talking to my mom um just about you know north korea and you know the possibility of of war and whatnot and um and this is not uh an accurate representation of the church in korea but there i just want to share this because there is uh, still, a presence of this sort of attitude. Um, just you know, as everyone was sharing before in the in the previous watch, there's a spirit of pride. There's a uh, there's this yearning to save face. Uh, there's this yearning to um, to submit to uh, the fear of man, you know. And there's this uh, spirit of intimidation upon the church. There's a spirit of idolatry here in Korea. There's a spirit of of shame in korea um but as my mom was sharing she was just telling me how um some of the attitudes of the people in the church and this is i'm not talking about you know generally koreans but i'm saying in the church even in the church in the korean church there's this attitude just as ji was sharing you know what we don't want reconciliation we don't want it. You know, I, I know God, God loves the people. I know they didn't deserve to be uh, living in oppression and depression and whatnot. Uh, but you know what? I don't want reconciliation because, you know what? We can't trust the North Koreans. That's the attitude. And it just grieved me, just grieved me so deeply. The attitude was we don't want to have anything to do with the North Koreans. When we open up the doors, they're going to come and they're going to ruin the peace that we have. The, the abundance that we have, the resources that we have. and There's just such a, a division within the body of Christ. And, and we have faithful ministries that really sow into um, North Korea. But on the other hand, there are still attitudes, these spirits within the body of Christ that work against the body of Christ. You know, and I feel like we have to warfare against that right now and and, and stay comp- and and just remain in that place of authority of rule where we know that the lord at the cross jesus disarmed he disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he put them to shame knowing that from that place and knowing that the enemy will be a footstool for jesus and for the body of christ from that place of authority I want us to pray right now um, just specifically um, for the things that we had prayed before, but with greater um, just um, authority, you know, and I repeat them again. There was a spirit of shame, spirit of shame of, of this maybe marrying into uh, marrying. Um, the North Korean culture into the the North Koreans and, and South Koreans together, and thinking you know we're high, you're below. And there's this spirit of pride also. Um, there's a spirit of shame and pride at the same time. There's this uh, spirit of fear, and there's also a spirit of apathy. There's a spirit of apathy is so strong, and this apathy it's because it's almost like I, I hope this just speaks to you guys but it's like spiritual anorexia i feel like that's that's what i felt in my heart as my mom was sharing these attitudes that were in the church spiritual anorexia and anorexia is when you're like so thin and you look in the mirror and you look so fat you know and you know what it's like almost like The spiritual anorexia where you think... You look in the mirror and you look all fattened. You feel like you're so filled with meat, with revelations of the Lord. You're so spirit-filled. And yet, in reality, you're really wasting away. Because you're not being filled with living words. Words that bring forth life, that bring forth reconciliation, that brings forth restoration, you know. You're being you know, filled with these other things that work against what God is really saying in this hour, right? And I just felt that word come up, spiritual anorexia. And just people are so apathetic because they see into the mirror, their own mirrors, and they think they're doing all the right things. They're doing what they can. And yet, it's not what the Lord is looking for right now. And so I want us to pray right now, especially for that spirit of apathy, uh, just to really put an end to that spiritual anorexia, and that, um, that the church, the Korean church, would really be delivered from these spirits, and that these things that seek harm to the body of Christ and to the move of God right now would be brought un- under the feet of Jesus Christ. So let's pray right now. Um, for the church. No.
2: Alright, church. In uh, Second Corinthians 13, I believe it's verse uh, 12. First of all, I want everybody. I'm sorry. I want you guys to line up, two lines, shoulder to shoulder. Two lines. Go ahead and get shoulder to shoulder. Two lines. So some people come forward. You know, you can come forward. You can come forward. Okay. Uh, the back row. Take one step back. Take one step back. All right, good, a little more room. Alright, in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 12, uh, we're going to do a little activity here. It says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Uh, we're not going to do that. But uh, I'm going to have all of you guys turn to the left. So you're facing this way. Okay, turn this way. You're facing this way. Oh, I'm sorry, it's my left, your right. It's 6 in the morning. And uh, we've got some music going on here. Okay, and uh, what I want you guys to do is give the person in front of you a massage. Uh, shoulder massage and I want you to just pray for their health Bless their health Alright Not a holy kiss but it's good enough Do it That's right. You can get the side of the shoulders as well That feels good as well I love how the prayers are dying very quickly. You guys are doing great. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. All right, good. Turn around. Get the other person. Bless them back. Bless them back. Bless them good. Get the middle of their back. Sides of their shoulders. Yes. strength alertness fire is that good? oh I already missed out alright you guys now get in a big circle get in a big circle and I want you guys to link arms. All right, I'm going to lead you guys through four prayer prayers. And uh, who's going on missions? I want you to try and jump wherever you are. Jump. Who's going on missions? Okay. So we got some people going on missions. It's very important uh, for those going to Indonesia, but for all of you guys to know how to be protected from curses. Okay. Because the enemy comes to see, steal, kill, and destroy. He's constantly looking out for you and he will try to attack any kink in your armor. So I'm going to lead you guys through four key areas that if you have these covered in your life and in your missions team or or in your small group or in these areas, you can be rest assured to be free, to be protected from the curses, okay? And uh, you read in the Bible, in the book of Numbers, there was a guy named Balaam. He was a witch doctor, a sorcerer, and he was hired to curse the Israelites, But every time he tried to curse the Israelites, blessings came out. He couldn't help but bless the people. And there were four reasons for this. And the first thing we're going to pray about is unity. You see, the Israelites were in perfect formation when they were moving through the desert. And Balaam even said this in his oracles. He says, wow, look at their tents. They are in perfect formation. They are like the horizon. And he begins to compare them to beautiful creation. Okay, and when you walk in unity, the enemy can't get to you. People know this in the army. When an army group is moving in unity, they're they're hard to defeat. But when they're scattered and in disarray, they're easily picked off. So what I want us to pray for right now is I want us to pray for the mission teams in particular, for the Indonesia teams and the China team, that they will be marked by unity. And as you pray for them, I also want you to pray for the church, that our church as well will be marked by unity. That we will really move together I mean guys I, right now I could try and you know grab you guys and try and pull you guys out because, but because you are linked together it's actually very difficult I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it but uh, it is actually very difficult this represents unity so remember this remember this don't just pray at six in the morning and go to sleep forget a lot remember unity is critical in being protected from persons let's pray for unity for the missions teams for the church let's pray. The next one is... Now I want you guys to unlink your arms. And I want you guys to all face this way. Turn to your right. There you go. Turn to your right. Alright. Number two. Being protected from curses is following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see the Israelites? They followed the pillar of cloud by day. And the pillar of fire. The cloud of fire by night. They were very careful to follow. And when the presence of God would rest, they would rest. When that cloud would move, they would move. So what I want us to pray for is teams to be clearly led by the Holy Spirit. That God would release the prophetic in these groups, that they would have awareness, that they would know what is going on. And I want us that they would just obey every prompting of the spirit that when god prompts in their hearts do an altar call or pray for this person that they will stand up that they will pray and the way i want us to do this is uh, angela because i stopped with her she's going to represent the holy spirit and uh, angela i just want you to walk around the room and uh, i want everyone else to follow hold on okay i'm sorry am i too loud oh it's out okay Alright, so what's going to happen is you're going to just start walking around. Jew, follow. Come on, guys. Follow. Follow the Spirit. Follow. Alright, guys. Now, I want you guys to pray this out as you walk. God, help us follow the leading of your Holy Spirit. May we follow your lead. May we go in your way. May you bless the Indonesia team, the China team. May you guide us by your Holy Ghost. Let's pray it out. Take them away, Angela. Who's following Caroline? Who who is behind New Jersey Nets? Caroline. Wow. We're not doing good here. Okay. We can follow the leading of the Spirit. Okay. um, Eno. Follow Caroline. Is that you, Eno? Wait, where's Eno? Okay, follow. All right. Keep praying, guys. Come on. Follow. Follow the person in front of you. We can do this. Amen Amen Okay You guys can stop Now what I want you guys to do is I want all the uh, I want everyone who is not An active leader in the church To be on stage Anyone who is an active leader I want you to be standing in front of them At the bottom of the stage Okay so active leaders on top on the stage, me up there. I'm sorry. Wait, no. Uh, six in the morning. Okay. Uh, I want the, the the non-leaders up on the stage. Those who are not yet a commission leader on the stage. Okay, good. Okay, and I, I want the rest of the active leaders lined up here. So what what's the first key for not? Uh, okay, good. Unity. What's the second key? Okay, the third key is a key that is actually usually the hardest, especially on mission teams, because Satan is very crafty, he's very tricky, and what that third key is, is submission to authority. Submission to authority. If you read the book of Numbers, you will see this mistake over and over. And you know what? God doesn't play around. He strikes Moses' sister with leprosy. He causes the ground to open up and swallow the men of Korah. I mean, he just he unleashes snakes. He is, God is rough with those who do not submit to authority. On my Myanmar team, we were very careful about being protected from curses. Our team members, they would get sick during the trip. Oh, I got backache. Oh, I got a headache. And we would put them in the middle. we pray for them. And within about 15, 30 minutes, they would always be healed. That trip. Every time. Except for one. And there was one time where one team member did not submit to authority. Okay? Failed to follow through. Was a little bit of rebellion. That person became sick. Prayed for him. Did not get You, this is serious stuff okay i'm thankful i mean there's forgiveness there's grace and everything made it through but this is very serious stuff especially those of you going to indonesia um but regardless in terms of your life god will um satan will always attack you with submission authority because that was his first sin he could not submit to the authority of god okay and so what we're going to do the way that you grow in submission to authority is you bless your leaders Okay, you see, those that are standing on the stage, you're used to being fed. You're used to being, you know, them taking care of you, them taking care of you. But really, you need to have the mindset of you need to take care of your leaders. You need to be praying for them and supporting them because Satan's target is on them, not on you. It's the same in the army. You you snipe the officers, not the privates. You go for the leaders because if you take out the leader, you take out the whole team. So, I need you guys to have this mindset and share it with your mission teams that they need to be praying and blessing their leaders no matter what because complaints spread like wildfire. And as for the leaders who are standing here, this is uh, just a picture of servanthood. Okay, and that is what leadership is meant to be. We're meant to serve those before us, we're meant to bless them, to remain humble, to to just, uh, yeah, prostrate ourselves before them in love. Okay, so let's just pray for submission to authority to mark our teams. I want you guys to bless the leaders before you. Leaders, you can bless uh, the, the, those that, that are in front of you. Let's take this time. Let's pray. the fourth point this is what I want you guys to do I want you guys to go grab uh, your bag or go grab one of your possessions in this room go ahead and do that go grab something and then make a circle again grab your bag or you can grab just a book or you can grab whatever something one of your possessions and I want you guys to get in a circle So what was number one? Unity. What was number two? Good. What was number three? All right. The fourth, the last one uh, for this activity is that the Israelites were purged of sin. Purged of sin. Okay. You read through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. They kept messing up, kept messing up, kept messing up. And what God did was basically he let that whole first generation die. Okay, and that second generation, they had endured different curses, and all the evil among them had been weeded out. They were pure. They were pure. They had been cleansed of sin. Now, what I want you to do, I know some of you guys have Bibles. It's not supposed to symbolize, uh, sorry. We're going to put your possessions in the middle. So set them in the middle. This is supposed to symbolize a purging of sin. Okay, a purging of the flesh. Alright, I, I should have said no Bibles, but it's alright. God still. Loves us. All right. So, what I want us to pray for is for these teams to be truly purged of sin, that God would really bless the Indonesia teams and the China team, that there would be no roots of sin. Uh, there would be nothing that would that would get in. Uh, I would say that for Indonesia, it's very important that the team members be especially cleansed of occult sin, uh, that they were repented and renounced of all past occult sin because Indonesia is rife with idolatry. For China, lust. Uh, is a huge issue in China, especially Guangzhou, a city that that, uh, you guys will be going to. Uh, It's dark. It's very, very dark, very heavy. So the team needs to have their guard up. They need to be cleansed and walking in accountability in terms of lust, especially. But for all sin, uh, for that general, we we really want to be walking in holiness as we go out. So let's pray for these teams. Let's pray for just a purging of all sin. There will be that purity. That will be that accountability. There will be that grace that covers these teams. Let's pray. We're yeah. out and then I want Owen uh, get back in the circle and I want those going on missions to stay uh, in the middle, go back to the middle. middle middle of the middle we're no longer doing first of sin okay so those not going in missions make that outer perimeter very clear those going on missions I want you guys to hold hands Right. Get them all in there. All right, I want you guys to really bless. I want want the outer circle, actually. I want you guys to lay hands. Uh, Let's lay some hands, and let's just declare a blessing, a mighty blessing over them. Let's declare strength today for their missions training. Let's declare that they will be ready. They will be set apart, that God will meet all their needs, the funding, everything, that God will build them up, and mighty anointing will be released through every single person that goes on these trips. Let's pray. Hallelujah, God, we just bless, Lord God, Father, these mission teams, Lord God, we bless, Lord God, Father, these members right here, God, and Lord God, Father, we just declare, Lord, a special anointing upon them, God, a special anointing, Lord God, with them, Lord God, that they will go out in the apostolic grace, Lord, that we will see, Lord God, Father, signs and wonders and miracles, God. As they go, because they are obeying you and walking in faith, God. And we thank you that you are with them, Lord God. We just speak of compassion rising up each of their hearts, Lord God, Father, for the for the people of the nations that they will go to. Compassion rising up that then when they meet the natives, Lord God, that their hearts will break, and that they will, Lord God, Father, also be filled with joy, and that, Lord God, just your goodness will be revealed the full extent of your love will be revealed, Lord God, in Indonesia, Lord God, and in China, Lord. Hallelujah. We speak a special anointing upon them. We declare that no curse, no weapon force against them will prosper. They will refute every tongue that accuses them because they are walking, Lord God, Father, according to your ways. They are walking in unity, submitted to your, to your Lord God, authorities, Lord God, following your spirit, Lord God, and purged of sin. We thank you, Lord, and we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.